Okay, ni sambulu bina kana turangki na marama na varbo ki na ngane lewa. Ni semu maya na salani no na libuliba ki na kanka mburaki baka yawar tiko yang yongko. Senga tala ni nguleva biwari na turangki na marama mbali na esanyo tolu, kumbuna burumusanga ki na matani tumubayo kani na tobata. Tulosaka. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is my colleague Chris Dandre. And welcome to another episode of Everyday Fijians. Your everyday Fijian, sharing the everyday story in the everyday world. Before I proceed, I just want to take this time and opportunity to welcome all our listeners from here in Australia, um, in Fiji, New Zealand, and literally around the world. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to see the increase of support. Uh, most so not only support in regards to listeners, but also the plays as well. Just a milestone that has been reached today, we've reached 3,000 plays. 3,000 plays for the Everyday Fijians podcast. And I just want to say, thank you so much for your support. Uh, the comments, the you know what I've received on the Fiji history page, and also through my family and friends, it means a lot to hear those that are listening to the podcast. And I do encourage you greatly to subscribe either on Apple or um, Spotify or any other media streaming platform devices or services that I, that you know that you may know, um, in a way to spread the story of you know everyday Fijians just sharing their story. Um, but without further ado, I just want to take this time and opportunity to welcome our next guest. Uh, I received, well, not really received, but um, you know, uh, forgive me if I start in my words because I'm a bit uh, a bit starstruck by this moment right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to introduce our guest for tonight here in Lakemba, not Lakemba in Fiji, but Lakemba in Sydney, Australia. So, this gentleman has played 58 test caps according to Wikipedia. He has played for West Harbour, Cardiff Blues, Nottingham Rugby Union, Province, Northampton Saints, Leicester Tigers. He is the second oldest out of the three brothers, uh, Celeste Marfu and Apakuki Marfu. And of course, um, you know, he is a, a, a person who has, uh, you know, represented the nation of Fiji on the rugby field and has done the jersey of certain forwards before, such as Deacon Manu, Joel Ibeteaki, Bill Zabumbati, but he's made a name for his own, especially in the position that he's played in throughout the years. So without further ado, I welcome you tonight, Mr. Campisi Marfo. Campo, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Navalevu. <laughs> so saying that, bro, um, I've just mentioned your name, but what is your full name? What is your full, full name? Uh, full name, George David Campisi Marfo. Awesome, bro, awesome. In Sanders or Campisi, correct me if I'm wrong, you named Campisi. Were you actually named after um, David Campisi? Uh, the, yeah, so the story behind the name, I uh, was born December 1984. Yep. During the Grand Slam that year, the Wallabies were doing really, really well. And uh, I was born December that year, and dad and the family, they really... Really, really liked the way Campisi, you know, performed at that during that Grand Slam, and they thought, oh, you know, this guy's the man. So they thought, why not? Why don't we name this guy Campisi and hope, hopefully, one day you get a winger. So <laughs> that's how the name came about. <laughs> that's awesome because the reason why I mention this because I remember watching you on Shit Shield yeah. on ABC. Shout out to ABC back then. You were playing against I forgot who you were playing against. But I remember you took many, you took many, um, you were taking many hit ups from the rock, yeah. and then the commentator was saying, "Well, wow, what a good run for by Campisi Marfu." It's you know I heard he was you know he was named after Campbell, but unfortunately it didn't turn out like his namesake. <laughs> he turned out to be a front row forward. <laughs> so he read that. Oh wow, didn't know that. But in saying that, Campbell, you know your upbringing, 
Uh, what was it like for you, you know, being raised, you know, of course you mentioned being born in 1984 and from a rugby perspective, you know, it's there into time of, you know, the Wallabies Grand Slam too, and I believe they won all their matches and they actually won the Grand Slam, Grand correct Slam, me if I'm yeah. wrong, to the Windows in the future. But uh, what was your upbringing like, you know, especially during the 80s? Uh, during the 80s, I think more the early 90s, mm. I remember me and my brothers, we were like very, 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 very competitive and being in a rugby family, you know, my dad, my dad really brought it upon us, you know, rugby was, was all we could really do, you know, so being blessed with the talent, I think, having, having the two brothers as well on the side, I think it really motivated us, you know, to really go, to make something out of the game, you know, mm. and then we, we started at a very young age, we came, came through league first, you know, then we made the switch to rugby union years later. But the upbringing upon rugby and everything else, I think rugby was always, we were, you know, now we realised, you know, we were always destined to, to do it, you know, this, this is where we wanted to, this is what we wanted to be. Mm. And we, we knew it at such a young age, but then I think the rest was all, was all meant to be. So. <laughs> That's awesome, Brian. Also, you mentioned that, you know, uh, you know, especially with Celeste and with Apokoki, was there also all that competitive edge amongst you three when playing? Or not only on the field, but also in the household or so? You know, when it came to that sibling rivalry? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, you know, just like any old, every other sibling, you know, they always have that competition. But mm. also, I think the rugby field was more, more where our, our, our competitiveness came out. Yep. You know, so Lessie and myself, we were we played in the same team a lot of the times. I always played upper grade for his team, mm. and um, and he always like you know oh, I'm better than you. And we used to smash each other out in the backyard, and I think that's what bring out the competitiveness in us. And I think he just carried out throughout our whole career. Yeah. Cookie as well was, you know, the, he ended up being a back backline players. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, me and Celeste being front rowers, and then yeah. poor Cookie getting smashed in the middle of it. Oh. So, well, they toughened him up and made him who he is today, so... Cool, man. And he's saying that as well, but, you know, with that competitive edge and that rivalry and muscles, was sometimes in the household get too overheated that dad had to come in to try and calm his boys down? Uh, I think a lot of the time. Yeah. I, think, I think it was more more mum. Okay. Dad, dad sort of loved that side of it. So yep, yep. Like, this is how we're going to be tough, but I think it was more mum. She was like, if you guys don't stop that, I'm going to come out there and give you a good hiding we used to cry under under our bruises yep so i think it was more more mum on that on that matter <laughs> but dad was loving every bit of it so okay cool man yeah. no it's it's wonderful to hear that how you know the early days of the marvel brothers you know forming that sort of competitiveness and then transfer that onto the rugby field yeah. and then you see by yourself Going playing up a few few more grades more it sort of gave you give you that sort of experience and that uh, you know that sort of um, grunts yes. you know grassroots rugby yeah, yeah. of course people you know they watch rugby on TV of course you know it's all about stardom that mm. but like I remember hearing from Phil Kearns you know when you go back to grassroots rugby bro it's yeah. like we don't care if you play yeah, that bro exactly. it's like not nah, time you to play the game it's a whole different world yeah, yeah. grassroots rugby is all different club rugby all together you know? yep, yep. when you play it at such a higher level then you go down and then play grassroots level it's, yep. it's two different levels you know? true it's, True. Everyone's a different animal in that world. So. True, very true, very true, man. <laughs> but in saying that as well, Campo, um, when it came to you know about primary school, did you ever make reps um, in primary school or in high school, sir? Uh, so primary school, I I went to school 
public school here in Enfield. Shout out to Enfield. Those <laughs> in Enfield, Enfield Prime, shout out to them. Ended up going, uh, made a few rep teams there, went right, up to cool. the state side. Nice, nice. And then uh, fell short of the New South Wales under 14s at the time, I think it was. Okay. And then I went on to high school and then made the Metropolitan teams a yep. couple of times. And then when I so with Grand, with Grand, were they fall under South West or Sydney South West? Sydney West. Ah, oh, Sydney West. Yeah, All Sydney right, West, yeah. cool, man. So then, yeah, ended up at, uh, at Granville Boys, Sydney West, and then, um, yeah, sort of led from there. Like, I started from there. Like, my rep 40 went well there. Went yep. from Sydney West to New South Wales All Schools, mm. and then New South Wales CHS, nice. and then I was just on the brink of Australian Schoolboys, and yep. then, unfortunately, it didn't make that, that, that cut, so... Mm. But that happens, and then, yeah, like, all, all rugby was sort of... Started in my school, early school. And by saying that, Campbell, when it, when it reached, you know, when you elevated yourself to another rep team, did you see the rugby get more, get more sophisticated, get more competitive? Oh yes, most definitely. Especially when you come up against like uh, the private schools, yep. and then when they combine with the private schools, they you I mean they have all the resources and. They have all the training they need, mm. and they have all the top class coaches. Where us, you know, yeah, and they came with their full bags they, and tracksuits, they, they full tracksuits and everything. Yeah. And we rocked up with our ripped boots and stuff like that, and yeah, yeah. relied purely on talent. Yes, you know, we had no training behind us, but then we just, you know, like I said, we just relied purely yeah. on our talent. And also, on talent, <laughs> did it get also with your position as a front rower? You have to become more technical. Especially if it's a loose head and a tight head prop. Oh, most definitely. I think the the the, the greater private schools, you know, they they had all the 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 correct training scrummaging wise. Mm. Whereas us, we just got taught to just throw yourself in there, hold the scrum up, and then make sure the ball comes out. So I think um, in terms of in terms of training and resources, it was two different, you know, two different. Mm. Uh, types of, of training and stuff like that, like school-wise. All right, cool, man. Um, let's jump onto West Harbour days. So playing for West Harbour, I remember seeing, I think it was, it was somewhere in the net, um, that it was the first time that you, Campo, and Apokoki played in played for West Harbour in the one team yes. on the same day. Was that, a, was that like a milestone within the club? Was that like a Yes, a it was fit? a massive, massive milestone, especially shout-out to West Harbour as well. Yep, shout-out to West Harbour. My, uh, my club team, my junior club team, we started at West Harbour from under eight, I think it was, under seven. Mm. And we went all the way up, came through the, the juniors, and then we went to Colts. Yep. We all played first-grade Colts there, and then we went into grade. We all played grade together. But then one year, just... I mean, we all at all at the prime of our of our careers, you know. And Cookie was coming through; he was just coming into grade from Colts. So mm. he was at the Brumbies at the time, and myself was still trying my hardest to yeah. you know, get there. And then we just finally got got to play with each other. And it's the first time the clubs ever had three brothers play together in the in the first grade team. Yeah. And then and <clears throat> Cookie was on debut as well that that game as well, and he was massive, massive milestone for us. Not. Not only for us, but for the club as well. So yeah, that's an awesome achievement. Good to give back, you know. Good yeah, that's yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> and also on top of that as well, I remember watching. This was not with West Harbour. Um, you played with. I remember in the tennis tournament at Boma of the Concord Blues. Bell Blues. Bell Blues. Yeah. Bell Blues. And you played against Leica Twenty Forty. Yes. In the final two thousand eight. Yes. And I'm, <laughs> and I remember. 
Because they won the match, but bro, you guys were seeding me. Because I think the ref did an incorrect call. Yeah. And you said, you as you walk, I remember seeing you from a distance walking off. And you said something where the ref was walking the other way. Yeah. Because by like playing, you know, of course, because rugby, as you said, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's in the blood of an islander, you know, they love, you know, they love rugby. But for yourself playing alongside that, was that more like just playing alongside your, your mates during the time with the Bellwood Blues? Uh, Bellwood Blues is actually. You know, it's a it's a team that's uh, formed by brotherhood. It's a bunch of boys that, that grew up all together, and then Bellwood Blues became one of our teams that we used to enter into a lot of competitions. Okay, and there was a big Tongan competition back in that time called the Willio Cup. Ah, so is that the same as the Kefil Cup? Same as the Kefil Cup. I so played I played in the Kefil Cup in two thousand and four. Oh, so we right. played in uh, Oatly Rugby oh, And I think oh, I saw you guys You had blue and white yes. And I was like Bro that's, that's mean That's yeah. nice So man. the Bellwood Blues Was the champions For Willio Cup For so many years Same wow. as the Geffel Cup And then yep. they had another comp- So we just kept the team together And we oh, just okay. kept playing In a lot of competitions That 10th competition We played in We played 2040 In the final Um I remember that because I played for 2040 the year before. Okay. The Bellwood Blues didn't have a team. All right, so all right. I, cool, I, cool. I helped out the 2040 boys, a couple of Kandavu boys there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I helped them out. And then the following year we played them and they were like a bit dirty that I left them and kept, but I couldn't I couldn't leave my team. You know, that's true, true, the Bellwood true, Blues' true. team I've always been. True. And I remember that game very well. There's a lot of... Because I remember, <laughs> and also in that team, who is now the fly half of the Flying Fijians, was Ben Volavola. Ben Volavola. I think exactly. he was on the bench during that game. Yes. Because yeah, he, was he was still, still young. Yeah, he's still young, still skinny. Yeah. yeah, still young and skinny. <laughs> but I think it was top of that as well. That was 2008. And I think the year after, he actually went to Newington. He was an Endeavour boy. Yes. And then he went right. to Newington. Yes. And, like, yes. and then when he got to a private school, you would know. Like when a person goes, it's like, bro, that's like a betrayal, yeah, man. It's, a it's like... But you know, it's like, I understand it's good for your education, but bro, that's like going to the dark side, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, something else. But no, that's it's amazing yeah. uh, to see that occur, you know, with, uh, you know, we've used to later down the road yeah. uh, playing alongside each other for the, you know, for Fiji. Oh, no, fun, funnily, funnily enough, Ben Volavola actually had a steam with us at West Harbour. Yes, yes, yeah? yes. If, he, if you ask Ben, yeah. ben Volavola, uh, if you ask him, how, the, how did he get his first gig playing first grade okay. at West Harbour? And he'll tell you, oh, Salesi Mafu and, and Campisi Mafu, they, they told the coach, you know, this guy's good enough. He can play it. I remember Ben telling me he was nervous. He was like, no, 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 no. like, no, you can do it, you can do it. And he, he came up, he had a crack, he played first grade. Yep. Did really, really well. And shout out to Ben Volavola. Yeah, shout out to Ben. He might be listening all the way to France. One of my closest where boys. Where is he at? But uh, funny, funny enough, we ended up playing together for, for the country and... Yes, yeah, long stories there. Yeah, because it's amazing. <laughs> and, history. and then a couple of years later, so correct me if I'm wrong, he'll go back to Southern Districts, his yes, junior club. Correct. And I believe in one of the matches, he's he done the winning, uh, kicked the winning conversion against Sydney Uni, in against the, the finals, students. Yes. yes. So if, like, to any club that beats Uni, it's like, bro, that's, oh, you know, yes. that's the crux. Definitely. Whether it be West Harbour, two <laughs> blues or so. Beating Uni, it's like, bro, it's like, that's it. We won. We'll take That's the grand final. That's the grand final for any team. <laughs> so, yeah, man. All right, let's jump to, let's jump on to 20, 2010. Your debut against the Wallabies. Uh, you're playing, you're debuting, but also Celeste is making his debut. What was it like for you making your debut? In 2010 for the Flying Fijians? Oh, I think, I think, well, for me, it was, a, it was a massive, this was going to be the biggest, the biggest, you know, uh, highlight of my career. Mm. Not only because of my debut and not only for playing for Fiji, but it was, at the time, 
2010, I, I'd, I'd been going through a rough patch in terms of trying to crack it in the game. And I, I'd been on a couple of trials, one here at the Brumbies, one there at the Waratahs, and just couldn't make it. And I and I thought to myself, uh, this is my last chance. You know? mm. So I think playing for Fiji, my debut in 2010 was massive for me. Yep. It was a, I took it as a do or die game, you know, just not only a debut, but then... What surprised me even more, caught me off guard, was Celesi was making his debut for Australia. And he didn't even tell me about it. He just like he was just went got to that week and we flew over from Fiji, yeah, back to Australia to play the Wallabies. And he told me that week he was he was starting and he was in the squad. He was starting. I was like, oh, I'm actually gonna debut here against my brother. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually packed down against each other and all. And your scrummaging partner was Deacon Man. Deacon Man, because captain. Grand, yeah, yep, that's yes. it. And and Sunia Koto. Uh, yes. Was it Sunia? Yes, Sunia and Tupati. Yes. yes, and Graham Deals is actually on the bench. On the bench, because right. I, I I watched that match. You know, it was it was it was a good match. We 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 kept it on the first the first half. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, we we just fell, yeah fell off on the, the second. And half, I still yeah. remember Daniela Ramwanka shoulder charging Matt yeah, Gitter, and, Gitter, yeah. and Graham Deals actually gave a few um few um yeah, uppercuts yeah. to Salesi. Yeah. And the next minute, he's ten minutes. Ten minutes. He literally just came on too. Yes, and then he walks up to the posts, <laughs> yeah. waiting there. Because I remember the commentator saying in New Zealand, yeah. when he gets sent off, you walk to the post and yeah. wait there. I don't know. It must yeah. be a New Zealand <laughs> thing. But overall, despite the defeat, what did it feel like for you? You know, you're wearing a jersey. You're wearing. You're wearing what most Fijians, you know, juniors, you know, when they grow up, they say they want to play for Fiji. Yes. And for yourself, you're wearing the jersey. As I said in the intro, you know, build up Umpati, Joali Bitayaki. Um, you know, um, um, who else did I mention? Um, Deacon Manu. De- yeah, Deacon Manu, Mose uh, Setanga, you know, those former props, you know, back then, or through the ages. And so Dan Rouse, and now you're wearing it. Um, what was it like when the anthem came? And then after the anthem, you're performing the Vimbi. Uh, to be honest, that's, that's when it really, really hit me. When the anthem came out, I was standing in line and uh, I remember singing the anthem and I thought to myself, you know, this is it. Mm. You know, this is it. I finally got to where I've always wanted to, to be, you know, what I've always wanted to do my whole life. But then most importantly was Fiji. Yeah. It was playing, I know, myself being half Tongan, you know, father Tongan and then born in Australia. I had, you know, several opportunities, but then I, little did I, th- did I think that Fiji was going to be where I was going to end up, you know. Yep. Um, that the, when the anthem came on, I said to myself, you know, this is, this is it, you know, I've, I've, I've done it. You've like, done the YouTube dream. You know, this is what I've dreamed yeah. my whole life, you know, to, to play rugby at the highest level. And also, you were playing, Rupini Valva was in that starting oh, team as well. Don't get me started, Rupes. I tell everyone this. Uh, yeah. when I, I remember when I joined the squad and I saw Rupes there, I was, I just, everyone was training and I was just staring at him going, <laughs> it's Rupes. Yeah, yeah, it's yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, bro, this is the person that, you know, <laughs> that just outplays everyone. And I just watched this guy my whole life. I just wish I just wished I could run like him, you know. <laughs> next, next thing you know, I'm like at the same training camp as him and everything. Yeah. And he came and talked to me. And I remember he came and talked to me and he shook my hand. And I was like a little bit far, far out. And I was so ashamed because I, my first time in the, in the Fiji squad and... He'd been in the squad a couple of times before, a few tours before that, and, and even as well, Campbell, by being in the squad, um, did you gain also and also being a tight five four? Did you also gain knowledge and um, knowledge and advice from like Deacon Manu 
Like, of course, with Deacon Manu, he was on the verge of making the All Blacks. I remember he played in the Possibles with his yeah. Probables in 04, but unfortunately didn't make the cut. So he still had time to make Fiji. But like with a person of caliber such as Deacon Manu, yeah. uh, did you gain much knowledge and advice from him? Oh, you... yes, definitely. Uh, Deacon Manu had a lot to do with my first tour. Mm. He was actually captain. Yep. The first game And when I came into camp He actually took me under his wing oh. Him and Graham Dews we, we pretty much kicked it off Ah oh, cool man Straight away You know and we, we got along really really well And we were learning a lot From each other Not, like, I wasn't just learning They were learning a lot From myself as well yep. and, Which was a good thing You know Because Deacon and Dews are as humble guys As they are You know it was just good to know that they, they you know, they took me out, took me under their wing and then they, they showed me the ropes around the Fiji team. And cool, man. So it was, it was a good good experience, especially, you know, first time being in the squad. And yep. I'm just glad I, I got to meet, you know, got to do it with them too yeah, first man. and then spend my horizons later on down the track. So. <laughs> and at the conclusion of that test match, um, Camper, did it make you say, you know what? I want I want more of this. I want to cement the position. I want I want this jersey. I want to make an, a name of my own. Uh, it was more the flight over there. Ah, okay. So when I got the phone call from uh, the for- the forwards coach at the time, Joe Barricat, yep. he said to me, oh, is it true your mother's Fijian? I said, yeah, mate. And he is born and raised in Fiji? I said, yes. She got a Fijian passport. I go, yes, Joe, what's what's happening? Joe Barricat used to coach me at West Harbour. Yep. Uh, myself and my brothers. So he, he said to me, mate, how would you like to play for Fiji? And I, I, just, I just said, yeah. All right, let's do it. But thinking the whole time it's a trial or whatever, and I ended up going on, on tour with him. He rang me like two weeks later. Then I got the phone call from Sam Dumoni. He's saying, "Oh, Joe Barrett, he highly rates you. He said he's gonna come and uh, play for Fiji." And I said, "Oh, let's do it. Okay, yeah, let's do it." Then, All right. Here I am thinking I'm going for a training camp. Went there, and trained and played, and ended up starting. From then on, I just thought to myself, you know, here's my opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to make the most of it. And if Fiji rugby is where it's going to be, I want to give it my all, you know. If we go back in time, uh, Campo, was there, between you three brothers, was there an allegiance you wanted to, which nation you wanted to play for, or the three of you? Or was it just like how it is now? Like one play for Fiji, one play for Tonga, one play for Australia? Uh, no, we, we actually didn't. We, we just... For us, it was more the opportunity. Wherever the opportunity yep. was, okay, you know that's 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 the door we're gonna take. So, I mean, Celeste did really really well here, and you know he ended up playing for Australia. Mm. Fiji was my opportunity. Yep, I took the door. If Tonga had come first, it would have been a different story. You know, there you go. So Cookie was the same as well. You know, Tonga came first, so he yep. took the opportunity. So, I think it was more more or less it's the opportunity. Wherever the opportunity yep. was. You know, I ended up for Fiji, and it's a it's an opportunity that I'll never, you know, that I'll always cherish. Good man, awesome. You know, it's just the best opportunity. It made made me who I am. So, and it's amazing how you mentioned about Campo. I still remember when you, I think when he made his debut for the Brumbies, I think he took the ball up or something, and the next thing you see George Gregan yeah. come up to him, say a few words. It's like, bro, when George Gregan comes up, and he, I don't know if he was saying it was like encouraging or just telling him off, mm. but like just the body language. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so, so listen, okay, I better be quiet, just listen to what George Gregan exactly. says, because that's a 139 test better yeah. on top of yeah, that as well. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, before I proceed, we just want to welcome Savi Maisema as well. Oh. <laughs> From, he was tiptoeing around, he's got a nice um, glass of ice cream here, you know, so he must be he must be dehydrated and something juicy and sweet. So, Savi, we welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for having me. 
So if, if these guys Thanks remember, <laughs> if these guys remember Sabe, Sabe was from season one. Season one, he was one of the early guests. But thank you, Sabe, for availing yourself tonight, Tangani. All right, so let's continue on. Um, three World Cups. You play in three World Cups, and you know it's you know it's amazing you know to have that record because. Like you know, some most players they play either one or two, yeah. you know, three or three is is you know it's, it's very it's awesome to make three or even four or unless you feel like Brian Lima play five. five. But for yourself, you played in three World Cups, two thousand eleven. Uh, you know, <laughs> being selected in the World Cup squad. What was it like for you playing? You know, like you're playing in the World Cup. It's like, bro, I watch this on TV. Mm. I watch it in two thousand three, two thousand seven, ninety nine, or how whatever in the ninety five. But now you're in. You're in the tournament. What was it like for you, bro? Oh, mate. 2011 World Cup. I think uh, the biggest story for me, 2011 World Cup, was uh, I almost didn't make it. Oh, okay. I, I don't think I was uh, meant to be on that tour. Uh, I, I had a bad run with uh, training. I wasn't physically fit for, for what they were expecting and everything. I wasn't up for their expectations. So 2011, I came in and, and they had the, uh, the internal trials, which was the last of the internal trials that they had Fiji Rugby. So they had uh, four teams and I wasn't actually the last picked team. So the team that was just put together to make up the numbers. So they had the possibles, the probables, and then the blacks and the whites. So I was, I was picked in the white team and that was like the team that, you know, because I failed the fitness testing and stuff like that. And mm. I just... Just had a bad off season that that year. Had a really good Christmas, you know, and came back overweight and just wasn't pulling my weight. And then I ended up on that on that um in that trial, and then they just picked me as a as like the six six choice prop mm. to go, you know, to to join the squad. You know, they had a squad to play the PNC and stuff like that. And I remember I was like really really down about it, you know. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, I have to I have to do something here, you know. So then we ended up playing uh, Fiji, played that, that PNC, and they played against uh, Tonga. And Kurt, Marath, Kurt Marath was the fly half. Kurt Marath was the fly half. And, and that's when John McKee was the coach. No, that was uh, Sam Domoni. Oh, ah, yes. well, for the Tongan team. No. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yes, yes, sorry. John sorry. McKee was the coach, yes. and I remember Kurt Marath was yes. the fly because he played for Southern Districts. Yes, yes. And that's then, right. That's right. no, I was, I was thinking to myself, I think you should get this win. Yes. And then next thing, you know, the, I, I was watching the match, and Tongo, they they, they performed well. Yeah, they they so, beat. They actually beat. Yeah. Beat, and, and Fiji had a full strength team. You know, they had the likes of Serum Benny, Seramaya Bai, Ifuru Miwanga, Rewanga, and. Even Sisako Mambole, you know, they had a full strength team and we lost. Grand Jews was playing, Deacon was playing, and they just they just didn't perform well that day. Then mm. the coaches made a change to their following test match the following week and that was against Samoa. And then out of the blue they said, Oh, we're gonna rest that forward pack from last week. This week you're in, camp easy, you're gonna have a crack. I was All like, right. oh, Okay, sweet. All right. But at that time, I think I've, they've already made up their mind that I wasn't going to be selected or I wasn't going to play, you know. I wasn't going to go at all to the mm. World Cup. Ended up playing that Samoan game. It was my, my last chance, you know. It was my do-or-die game. Ended up becoming man of the match. Even scored a try. Oh, there you go. Was it 100? Was, was the try... Let's see, um, just to be honest, was the try 100 metres? Just... It was a kick and chase from the 50 metres. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to Delacelle's try in the uh, I think 2007 your Bob, World Cup. I think your former teammates will be here and say, bro, <laughs> bro, the dicks of them will bite me. Or they'll be saying, bro, they, they, they all know, they all know. They saw that one here. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, 
Yeah, actually, I managed to, to perform really well that game, and then out of the blue, everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Some the money was happy, and then next next minute they said, "Oh, look, you're you're not playing the next Test match against Japan. We're going to arrest you. You're going to New Zealand the following week to play the All Blacks." I was like, "What? I just." I just play. I'm not playing against Japan. And he said, "Yeah, no, nah, we're gonna arrest you. You're gonna play for you. You're you're going to New Zealand. Yeah. You're playing the All Blacks the following week." And then I was like, I was like real upset because I just I just wanted to play. You know, I didn't mm. care about the All Blacks or no disrespect or anything. But I just didn't want to. I just wanted to play. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then ended up playing Japan. We lost. That was the PNC final. We ended up losing again. And I remember he's going, was it like two yellow cards from the Fiji team? Two yellow cards and then ended up one red. Oh, there we go. And then it's just, out of the blue, we lost it and I don't think they really cared much about it. Yep. The following week, we ended up going to New Zealand. Uh, you're, playing against, <laughs> you're playing against the All Blacks. Facing the All Blacks. And this is, I believe, this is the only time you played against them in your whole career. In your whole career. And especially um, the whole, whole time because I believe Fiji's trying to organise a match now and the last time they played was in that match in 2011. Yes. So, but, it was, but I remember watching that match. It was a good... Um, it was, you guys gave the All Blacks a good run even though the yeah. scoreline doesn't see it but... Yeah. You know, I remember when uh, Varniki, yes. um, he kicked He's the ball out of Piripu's, um, Piripu's hands. Yeah. I saw Piripu's face. It was like, well, why did he play? Yes. Yeah. Like, well, what happened? But <laughs> what, what was the life we played against the All Blacks? Oh, mate, I didn't, the thing... The, oh, sorry, and sorry to interrupt. Facing the Haka. I was just about to say the yeah. Haka was more like the, the one that got me. Like, I've, I grew up watching the Haka. You yeah. know, this is the All Blacks. Yeah, it's the best team in the world, you know? Yeah. And I remember standing there and we were all like, you know, binded up over hands, over shoulders. Because you already done the Vimby and then these guys came forward. Then we came forward, we yeah. stood in the line and we were watching the Haka. And when they were going, I was just standing there, my eyes were wide. I was watching, oh my gosh, this is the Haka. Yeah. This is the. And on the side of my eye, I can see someone in our team, you know, he's going, May! May! <laughs> I'm going, hey, May! Relax, relax! I'm the Oblex! And he was like, hey, I'm telling you, Relax, mate. This is the All Blacks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of me being starstruck, I was like, "Wow, right? This dude, never, never seen that." The first time I seen Richie McCall as well, and bro, and you played, yeah, Richie McCall was Dan Carter playing. Dan Carter playing, bro. Oh, Ali Williams, also. oh mate, they were just unbelievable that day. You know, I, I think I was more starstruck than anything. Yeah, bro. which gave me a little bit more energy. So. Okay. <laughs> Played well that game as well, and I just thought to myself, oh, no, I'll never forget this. You know, this is the All Blacks, you know, this is mm. the best team in the world. Yep. And then good experience. Yep. Good experience, you know, playing against the best, and good bunch of boys as well. Cool, man. And then from that, the All Blacks will get the World Cup. So, what was the highlight for you in the World Cup and for you, and also what will be the low light? What will you know during that World Cup as well? Uh, the 2011. Yeah. So we prep, we prepared well, but we didn't get the results. Mm. So I think that was the, they, they, they said it was the most well-prepared Fijian team in the World Cup ever. Yeah. I mean, finance-wise, the team was being paid well. Mm. Um, we were being looked after uh, uh, field-wise, you know, we yep. got trained at top gyms and everything and then... I don't know. We got to we got to the World Cup and everything just fell fell apart. Mm. I think it was just a, a mental thing. Yep. From from the squad at the time. Yep. I think everyone was just on all individual, you know, uh, mindsets, being together for like the twelve twelve to fifteen weeks prior to mm. that to that World Cup. I think it was a long time together, and I think we were just mentally drained by the time mm. you know World Cup. To, to by the time we set foot in New Zealand, it was just. 
just different vibe, you know, just everything just mentally drained. All the boys, you know, just wanted to get out and Dark. just wanted to sort of get over get over the whole thing, you know, just wanted to just go home and yeah. see family. Because these guys made a good start. I remember these guys beating maybe 49-25. And then there was that quarterfinal rematch against the Springboks. Unfortunately, didn't come through. It was like 49-3 or so. Yes. And then there was that sold-out test match, that sold-out match in Eden Park between yes. you and Samoa. Samoa, yes. Um, now and then, I always go back to the, the ritual, the pre-war, the pre-war dance. Yes. When Samoa started, yeah. and then when when Sermai and Bai started, mm. when so when they started, and halfway, these guys went in, really? and I just saw the vigor and the bro. These guys are, bro. This is more, this is more like a war here. Yeah. And then I saw, and I remember seeing Koi Mombali. He was just pumped. He was like, "Come on, Mai, you know, yeah, he was like, yeah. bring it on." <laughs> and all credit to Samoa, they they did win the they won the match. But I remember that team they had. That was a gun team. Yes, that was. No, that was the peak of their team. It was probably one of their best teams yes, ever. Yes, ever. ever because they they gave it. They see the the match against Wales. They had to. They that was the match they had to win because the following with had South Africa. Right. They yeah. just they nearly beat South Africa. Nearly but, beat South Africa exactly. But let's move on, bro. Let's yes. move on. Twenty fifteen. 2015, you're under new coach John McKee, and then we're just talking about earlier, just later earlier about you know the inclusion, of course, you know the coaches as well, but also Alan Muir, Mr. Grumpy, yes. um, you know what was it? I remember seeing those matches, but also as well, you know the turnaround these guys had was pretty short, but still you had to like you know what we just have to overcome it. But what was it like from your perspective, bro? Uh, I think. Leading, leading into that World Cup, so t- 2015 World Cup was, was a whole different era, you know, it was a whole different coaching staff, new bunch of boys, they had a few seniors in there. Um, I think our prep for that, you know, was, was pretty good. You know, we, we, we wasn't the best, it wasn't, you know, nothing under expectations, but yeah. it, was, it was level, you know, it was, it was something we were all looking forward to, it's what we expected as, as, as a playing group. But uh, I think when we, when we set foot in England, Everything changed, you know. The boys said, you know, "We're here, we're here." You know, we we got to make a stamp somehow, you know. Mm. And I I vaguely remember the the senior players meeting, the very first one we had in England, and I remember a few of the boys coming to tears, you know, in our meeting, just talking about results, you know, yeah. how how bad we wanted to win, you know, yep. and how much we've sacrificed, mm. you know, but not only for our families, for our country, you know. Yeah. I think we we had more definition of why we were there, why we were playing for Fiji. Um, what everyone had to bring to the table, you know, in order to to win games, in order to get results. I mean, I think it was more. It was more. The mindset was different. It's changed. You know, the two thousand fifteen World Cup. Even though it was a little bit disappointing, we couldn't get results. But uh, I think for us, we won in terms of uh, performance. Oh yeah, hundred percent, bro. In in a lot of areas, you know, our, our yeah. backline just did what they normally yeah. did, you know. And we had a whole new backline compared to two thousand eleven. Mm. You know? And I remember just explain this, just as you mentioned as well. Um, like I remember the warm up match against Canada, you had these guys beat them convincingly. I think it was like forty seven eighteen, but Stuart Lancaster was there watching the match. The Eng- former England coach, and I'm gonna say, well, why is the England coach? Is he is he is he that nervous? Yeah. Is he worried? Exactly. But I remember, and then you know, just as we were talking before about the set pieces, yeah. like, I remember the first scrum you gave against England, bro. I just saw their faces when I was watching it. Is they were like they'll look at that. They're like, bro, what's happening? This is, this is not this. This is Fiji. This is Fiji. But yeah. then you, these guys, these guys, guys kept drilling it. And correct me if I'm wrong. 
I would always see Matawalu when he was half back, when he put the when the ball, when these guys scrum, he would always like clap like one, two, go, one, two, go. Yeah, like, yeah. like and I saw the wave of the scrum and yeah. just bruh, this yeah. is something else. Right. It was just a whole new whole new team and Alan Muir. Shout out to the to Yeah, the shout grumpy out to Mr. Grumpy, yeah. <laughs> He uh he came in and with with a with a with a you know with a clear vision of what what he wanted and what he wanted was for us to be on the same page as him and have all have the same goal and England was first up you know so mm. we knew we had a job to do and we we knew if we had it done just do it together you know yep. would, would shock them and then like you said that very first scrum I I, I remember. Getting up from that scrum and looking at the tight head, he was at the time one of the best in the world. Yes, Dan Cole. Yes, Dan and Cole. I looked at him and he was like, he was surprised, like, what, where the hell did this come from, you know? And uh, and I remember, uh, you know, thinking to myself, you know, we we got a whole eighty minutes of this, you know. Yeah, we do. Taking to the sword, you know, we we're gonna we're gonna do a job here. Yeah. But then you know, like, uh, results never came our way and. One thing led to another, but then performance-wise, you know... It was good. But talking about, talking about results, when Matawala made that break from the blind and yes. he went down the sideline, they awarded the, the try. Yeah. They, it was a tie. They awarded the try, but then they went back to the video rev, like when they showed on the replay, yeah. they disallowed it. But according to Clive Woodward, the former England coach, 2003 World Cup winning coach, said if the try was allowed, then the try is allowed. Yeah. So that's the rugby laws. Yes, that's yes. the rugby rules. Exactly. But... Even though that, even though that was disallowed, but the momentum was still there when Volleyball did that um, bomber, yep. and then Nondola scored the try. Yes, but well, in that yeah. was actually from a turnover scrum as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to clear it up, <laughs> it was because uh, from Matawalu's knock on, it was a five meter scrum, England's ball, and then we ended up pushing them over, turning them over. Got the ball to Walla Walla and then Nandola in the corner. So. And it's amazing like, <laughs> that that out of that World Cup, the, the points margin from Wildner no, between so England and Australia and Wales, I think all of them were less than 10 or, or less yes. than 15 or so. Yes. So to have those small margin, margins, yeah, in between, yes. small margins and then the turnarounds, yes. it just showed, you know, wow, these like exciting things were going to happen in the 2019 World Cup. But then also you just I remember your last match against Uruguay, you just went you just blitzed them, you just went haywire in that last yes. match. I remember what the like steamrolled in pump pump pumping Nandolo people and Nandolo everyone, and everyone. Yeah. And the Uruguays were getting upset. Yeah. yeah, so that's awesome to hear, bro. But then we come to twenty nineteen. Of course this will be a final World Cup. You know, you played many test matches. But let's go back um, one year, twenty eighteen France. Oh in Marseille. Yes. Marseille. Yes. No. You know, um, you know, playing against the French in France and you beat them in the home turf. What was that feeling like for oh, you? Oh, man. I think the, there was a lot a lot leading into that game. I think for me personally, it was something, it was, it was a massive, massive, massive result. Not only just for our team, but for, for, the, for our country as mm. well, you know. Seeing that 90% of, uh, of our professional Fijian rugby players play in Fiji, you know. Yeah. Uh, sorry, play in France. Yeah. So a lot of those boys, you know, our team was made up of a lot of French players. You know, they all came into, all of a sudden, they had a different type of energy. Mm. You know, we just smashed Uruguay the week before yes. in, a, in a in a trial game at the, whatever it was. Yeah, it was some place. Yeah, Gloucester or somewhere. And then we ended up jumping on the plane. When we, once we hit France, the boys were like, "This is the week. This mm. is the week. I don't care about these French guys. You know, we they they always talk about how rubbish we are. Let's show them. You know." Mm. And then Semi Semi was on a whole different world as well, and he I remember him before we ran out. He had a little tear in his eyes. Leon and Nakarawa, you know, they were all saying, "Nah, we're gonna have to win this game." 
when we started singing the anthem, for some reason, I said, we, we're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win. We're going to win here. And then from the first scrum onwards, and then it just momentum just carried on. The boys just really, really, really wanted this game. And what, like, what even pumped me up from, like, watching it, um, they had the mic... They had the mic on the ref, and you could hear in the sep- I think you, I don't know if you're on or you're off. It was around the 68th or 70th minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mic was on, the mic was on, and you could hear Nakarawa. Yes, so the, I the, was off. I was off. Oh, okay, yes. so the, the hooker, um, the hooker was Dolkoto. Dolkoto, yeah. So he was saying, I don't, I forgot how he was saying it, but he was going to browse or something like that. And then, bro, the way he said, That pump, I was pumped, bro. Even me sitting down, bro, these guys got it. And then, the next thing, these guys got the penalty. Yeah, you got the scrum there. I think the, the whole story behind that was we had a whole young front row. Yeah. A really young front row. Ronnie Maui, Dolokoto, you know, they yeah. didn't know what the French were like. Yeah. First time they've ever scrummed overseas. Oh, okay. So we had a young pack, and Kaliwati Tawake was quite experienced at the time but he just signed to France that year yep. um, so then when they made the sub you know the when they made the sub and the, the new front row came on mm. you know Leone Leone said got into him he told him mate this is the, they're, they're, they're humans we're humans they're guys you know they're men we're Fijians you know? yeah. this is what we do yeah man and then it really like you said everyone was pumped up for it you know? Leone did that for them and then they were just like lifted to a whole new level yeah bro right? And then that five, that final five minutes, I was on the edge of the seat. Sunday morning, I was in my church clothes. Oh, and I was like, I was sweaty. I remember sitting on the sideline. I had my jacket on, and I was. Everyone was like, all the boys was cheering, but I was just sitting there quiet, just fingers crossed and everything. Yeah. I was like, just hold on, boys. Because either because there, you know? we had the chance to beat them. It was back in nineteen ninety nine, rugby world cup. So Sabe's uncle uh, Melly Nakoto was in that team. Yeah. Um, shout out to Paddy O'Brien, the former New Zealand ref. If you're hearing this, so because of <laughs> Paddy O'Brien, we lost the match because it was that back to the scrummaging. The accusation was that Vetiaki wasn't holding the scrum, but you clearly see it on the TV, bro. Vetiaki was holding the scrum. It was the other French prop that were pulling it down, and then it was like, bro, like you know, Paddy, you better not make it to Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but for you guys to win that, because I remember after that, which it just went, like my page was bombarded with Fijians everywhere, just congratulating the teams and we've oh. done it, you know. It's like in like twenty nineteen, so we can do it. World Cup, we've got this, bro. Yes, but then we come into the World Cup. 2019, the final World Cup, you know, um, what's going through your mind right now knowing, you know, this is the, this is the journey, this is like your swan song? Uh, for me, it was more, you know, this is, this is coming towards the back end of my career. Yeah. You know, I, I, I planned it like a couple of years ahead, you know, I was always going to go to this, to this World Cup and, and finish after that, retire from Fiji Rugby and give, you know, the, the younger boys an opportunity, the younger guys coming through, you know. Um, I think the lead up to that, we we prepared well, you know, as per normal. Fiji were Fiji, doing what we normally do. We did a you know a whole a whole lot of camps in in the island as well. And yep. I think leaving leaving Fiji at that same time as well was very emotional. You know, mm. we were we were leaving for massive one in Japan, and we left. I think it was two weeks early, just so we can acclimatize uh, and stuff like that. But a lot of the boys were emotional and stuff like that. It was just. Really, really, really exciting to just hurry up and get there and, you know, mm. get it all done with it and just see how we go. Yep. And then reading the press at the time as well, you know, saying that this is the best Fiji rugby team ever. Yeah. I mean, that 
that for me that's a big statement very big statement because there's a lot of teams before us in my opinion anyway yep. you know that were just the dub that I could tell you now were the best um, prepared team you know best Fijian team ever put together mm. and I think a lot of that going into that World Cup there was a lot of pressure on the boys as well you know a lot of the media came out with with our past results and our history and yeah. all that kind of and all each each player's <coughs> reputation as well so I think there's a lot of pressure a lot of pressure on the boys and I think that first game against Australia re- hit us you know? bro oh man sorry to stop you that we, we had that game yeah for Marcos and from my from my opinion yeah, too, we, we had that game. And Reese Hodge, <laughs> I believe Reese Hodge should have got carded. Red carded. Because what he did to Yato. Yeah. Because man, those first fifteen minutes, Australia couldn't keep up. No. The way those guys did attack him. Yeah. And then <laughs> to Tuisova, yeah. James O'Connor got pumped. Yeah. And then these guys were going and then when the turning point was Yato had to be taken off. Yes. But Reese Hodge should have got a card for should've that. Card, and it, red card and it's amazing from that scenario. Yeah. Uh, the following matches, people were getting red carded now, and I was like saying, I was saying as a fan, oh, now you doing it now? We know you doing it now, but yeah. even us as players were saying this. Like yeah. we even made a formal complaint about it. You, mm. you should have got a red card. He ended up yes, getting, I remember. Yeah, I was he ended up was getting suspended, but mm. it was all too late by yeah. then, you know. But not only that, the turning points, Yato coming off, uh, the yellow card, you know, that sort of turned everything around. And I think what what we didn't. Train for what we didn't expect was, you know, how are we going to play under pressure with less less guys on the field, you know. Mm. So uh, I think uh, just Japan was just a turning point for us, really as a team. You know, I think it was more of a learning curve for yeah. <laughs> for a lot of young guys coming through. So. Yep. And then the next one, I believe, the matches against Uruguay. Yeah. So of course, um, um, as I was saying before. You know, this match, you know, from, a, you know, there's two perspectives. Before coming, driving here, I was, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, there's two perspectives we can look from this. From a Fijian perspective, it's, I guess, it's one of the, you know, of course, unfortunately, it's one of the darkest moments. Uh, we lost to, you know, we lost to Uruguay, all credit to Uruguay for that. But from a global perspective, it's like, you know what, rugby's growing. It's like, you know, we, you cannot, you know, it just shows what Uruguay has done and especially Japan, what they did in 2015. It's yeah. like the game is evolving yeah. and like teams are becoming much more stronger now. Definitely. But as well, when I saw mm-hmm. that as well for Fiji, it's like, I was saying to this to one of my cousins, like, you know, 2023, like I want, you know, for me, I want Uruguay to be in the same pool again. Yeah. It's like all about redemption. Yeah. You know, I, I want that, you know, bring Uruguay again, yeah. you know. Okay. Respect to the, all shout out to, all shout out to the Uruguayans yeah. that may be in there. We love these guys. <laughs> and of course, you know, we respect, uh, you know, what you did on that day against, you know, of course, against Fiji. But uh, we're ready. You know, yeah. hopefully these guys in 2023 will be ready again. But in Sanders as well, Campo, you know, jumping, you know, from that Uruguay match, you know, after that, was it like, you know what, we still got two more matches. You know, it's like, never say never. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the, the, the turning point there was the Uruguay game as well. Mm. Um, very, 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 very sad day for us as a, as a team. as a, a lot of boys were heartbroken because we knew that this is the game we needed. Mm. We needed that bonus point there. And then if we had got that bonus point, you know, it would have been a different story. 2019 World Cup would have been in terms of point wise you know we yeah. would have got through the pool stages mm. um, everything changed then when it got to Georgia you know everyone was out for a vengeance you yeah. know uh, given the changes McKee made to the to the Uruguay squad you know he made 13 changes that played Wallabies just 2-3 days earlier 
and then change the whole team back again to Georgia and then put Georgia to the sword <laughs> was just like I, I could un- I could only understand what the fans you know and our, and our people were were thinking at the time why would he change you know such mm. like why would he make such a big change you know for Uruguay and then I remember thinking at the time you know like this is Uruguay it doesn't matter who the, who who the team is when it's World Cup it's every team's a whole different animal you know yeah so Uruguay you know shout out to them congrats to them they 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 were the better team on the day, you know, hands down to them. But I think we we should have, you know, we could we could have done things better, you know. We could have uh, probably made less changes, you know. Who knows? Mm. Whatever the results would have been different if this would have been there or this guy would have played or this guy had to come on earlier. Mm. Yeah, so a lot of decision making on yeah. the field as well. So and then we go and then we move to Georgia. Of course, you guys just went. You, you just, just went, went rampage. Semi had an awesome game with the forwards. Unfortunately, with your for, your former propping partner Manasa Solo, you got a falcon <laughs> in the head. <laughs> Shout out to Manasa Solo. They may be hearing this. Uh, I still remember. I was, the thing I wasn't laughing about when he got falcon. The thing I was laughing about. You know, before with, he got falcon. Uh, before and after, <laughs> but you know, with Fijians, you know, they love using their eyes. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. They got a, so after the Falcon, there was a big shot of him, and then he's going, he's like, he's like, you know, like <laughs> 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 so but that's so. But uh, no, I think but, the funniest part there was Frank, Frank Lomani's face when he turned around and he flicked that pass and he looked and he went, <laughs> Oh, <wow. laughs> he did the big scream. <laughs> Manasa was just. Uh, off. I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was but no, it's it's one of us But then of course came Wales and um these guys these guys gave it to Wales but unfortunately fourth to the end. But one thing I always remember that was at the end of the match. So of course I had the opportunity to meet his son, mm. uh Pukuki, and there's him tearing up while you're in your next to him, um comforting him. I remember, I think I posted on the Fiji history page, but Knowing that I was coming down and you see your son crying, crying, what was going through your mind seeing, seeing your son come, you know, Apokoki come up to you and, you know, he's tearing up and, you know, it's like, you know, the, the gender, you know, the, the curtains have come down. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually looking for him after the game. Oh, okay. I was actually looking for him. I saw him on the other side, my wife as well. I walked over there and I said, all right, come, come onto the field, you know. He walked onto the field and we were walking around doing the lap and we were walking through the field again and I was starting to cry. Oh. And he goes, Dad, why are you crying? And I said, this is it, Cookie. It's my last game. It's my last game for Fiji. He, he didn't quite understand it at the oh, time. Okay. And he said, what? You're not playing for Fiji anymore? Oh. And then he just started bawling out and made me ball out even more. I was like, stop crying, stop crying. Yeah, on TV, everyone's yeah. going to see us. And then, and there was a photographer who actually caught <laughs> the moment. Photographer and everyone called out. I was like, oh man, this is supposed to be a family moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, that's 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 what it was, you know. Um, every a lot of people said, oh man, why why, why was he crying? And but that's the story behind it, you know. Mm. Cookie was a little bit upset that I wasn't going to be playing for Fiji anymore, and yeah. it's my last game as well. And he was very very upset. He said, oh, I'm not going to. No, no, what you play for Fiji anymore? And I said, yeah, no, that's it, son. We're done now. Mm. We go home. We yeah. go home now. We're done. And looking back now on your career, Pukuki, do you see that you know you've achieved, you know you've achieved the dream, and you've played, you know, fifty-eight Test caps. I think you're in the top ten. 
I think top 10 or even top 5 of most capped Fijians. I believe Nicolito's at 71 test caps, if yes. correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. But to see you there, you know, it's like, you know, it all, you know, it's like, wow, I've done, you know, I've achieved what I achieved. And especially finishing up playing for the Barbars, you know, the prestigious <laughs> Barbars club. And it's amazing you're part of that team, but also, but also you're part of the team that lost to Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> and and that Johnny, and Johnny Dwyer, he played a cracker of a game in that yes, match. Yes, he did. Um, I remember that week too, I, got, I, was, I was meant to uh, join the Fiji team. Okay. In... To coach the scrums ah and I, I remember john mckee said oh stand by I'll, I'll get back to you in the week and i'll let you know what's happening here you know i think we're going to take you on this tour for a little trial run yeah um fiji were looking to take me on as a scrum coach so i was like oh, okay yeah let's do it and then next day my agent called me and said uh oh, barbarians want to take you on a on, on, on the on the tour i was like oh and no one ever says no to barbarians oh, no. If, if you know the history of the barbarians and and what they're about, you know, no one ever says no to the barbarians. Yeah. You know? Even guys that, you know, their wives are giving birth, they don't even say no. So it's the barbarians. <laughs> yes, because it's, it's like, like you know, the many, pinnacle of the sports. <laughs> yeah, many players, you know, like, you know, many top, prestige, like, you know, yeah. prestige players, top class players, you know, uh, Michael Lerner, you know, this goes way back. Oh, uh, mate, barbarians are you know, Brandon Banner, James O'Connor, and then you're part of this club. Exactly. And then, then when I got the call and I was like, oh, no. Uh, yeah, so then... I, I just said yes to, to the Barbarians, not not hearing back from Fiji Rugby. And then John McKee got back to me quite late and said, oh, look, they go, they said they're going to take... And I said, oh, man, that's fine with me, you know. Mm. That's fine with me. Uh, yeah, good luck, good luck. And then I just left it at that. And then ended up in England, in London with the with the Barbarians. Playing at the home of rugby. Took them. <laughs> exactly. And but then we had, the, we had a formal before, the, the night before the game. Yeah. And then uh, when, when the Barbarians, they never announced their team before. They, they announced it, you know, just on the day. We had the formal night before that. And then when the Fiji team rocked up, they all saw me. They said, what the hell are you doing? And I thought, oh, I'm in the squad. They were like, you tried it. <laughs> so I copped it and I said, oh, that's just nice. my last one. They said, I thought you retired. I said, my last one. It's my last two and I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this one. Nice, man. Awesome. Then, awesome. Yeah. But then I was even more excited for them that they won, you know, yeah. on... on on the, the game day, you know, they beat us. Because I believe the last time we beat was during, I think, 1970, in the 1970s, 1971 and 1972, yeah. during the time we were Tonga and all the, yes. you know, those rugby yes. greats yes. back yes. then. Yes. So it's, it was a big, <laughs> big span. But even through that, you know, you even, you know, you're part of teams camp and, of course, beating the New Zealand Maori, mm. you know, beating France, you know, um, giving go, you know, being, you know, being a part of a tight five that revolutionized scrummaging in Fiji. And the way you see it's going right now as he is hopefully in years, more years to come. But as well, Camper, do you see that with Fiji rugby now, from as a former player, you see that, you know, um, there's more test matches now being played for Fiji now? Uh, I think it paved the way. A lot a lot yeah. of the a lot of the history Fiji rugby made in the last ten years or so. I think it paved the way for, for more teams to want to come and play us. Mm. Uh it paved the way for a lot of uh players wanting to play for Fiji as yeah. well. I remember around the, the early years of, of my stint with Fiji, I know a lot, I noticed that a lot of players didn't want to play for Fiji, which was quite, you know, sad to hear. But then as the years went by, I think it's a lot of the results that came along with it too. And then, you know, a lot of teams wanted to jump on board with what, what, what Fiji had to offer and especially representing the Pacific Islands. I think it was a big thing. It was a big thing for, for, for Pacific rugby as well. And then... 
a lot of the the history's paved like I said it's paved the way for for a lot of countries to want to jump on board and want to you know give give Fiji a go and and you know sort of exposure expose them to the world right yeah it's like so um, the, for example the Autumn Nations Cup exactly even though only played one match but mm. still we you know to beat Georgia they had so many matches but we beat them on our first time playing because due to COVID, COVID, it just shows that the progression that's being made and exactly. and especially with something, you know, towards now, like um, one of them is playing in Brive. Uh, I think it's Mesakin Miss, Miss Dongi. Uh, Dongi, Yeah. So him playing you know, in Brive and yeah. other Fijians and especially from the draw yeah. as well, seeing that so Fiji rugby is involving. But from that as well, Campo, um, post-Campo, post what are you doing now? Now, of course, we've, we've spent the majority of his time talking about career, but what are you doing now? What's post camp, uh, camp you know, the former former Fiji front row? What is he doing uh, now? Life after rugby. So I moved back home last December. Ah, uh, sorry, 2019 December, and uh, jumped back on the tools yep. uh, as a plumber. Yep. Uh, shout out to all the plumbers out there as well. <laughs> shout out to all the plumbers. Shout out to all the plumbers, yep. <laughs> not, the, uh, not the cleanest of jobs, but uh, it is a job. Yeah, that's it, man. And um, yeah, just uh, still involved in, uh, in rugby as well. I, I do my bit to give back to, to the game as well. Mm. It's done so much for me and, you know, in, in, in my career as well. So I, I coach uh, the first grade scrum at West Harbour. Nice, nice. And, uh, shout out to the first grade <laughs> West Harbour team. Shout out to the piggies. <laughs> not the princesses, the piggies. The piggies. Yep, the, you know, the one to eight. I'm not worried about 1915. <laughs> Shining yeah, 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 your boots and all that. I still, I still do. I still involve myself with a lot of the rugby here and there. I do yep. uh, a couple of sessions here and there with Dremoyne, Dirty Reds in the sub in the subbies. Yep. Uh, Kings College. Kings College. Kings College. Yeah, I, I do do a bit with Kings College as well. Uh, with their fifty thousand football fields. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and their fifty million dollars. I just yeah. just want to pay you know just pay me well and I'll do anything for you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do anything scrum wise. <laughs> oh yeah, bro. Um, yeah, I I was uh, luckily lucky enough to to go over to Philippines and do. Uh, their men's team as well. Shout and out they, to the Philippines men's rugby team as well. And their under twenties as well. And nice man. Yeah, just uh, still still keeping myself involved in in the rugby side of things. So, person like in a way playing for Fiji in that personal time, and it's opened pathways, opened doors for you to spread your knowledge, especially with Philippines, West Island. Oh Arkansas. yeah, definitely. It's 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 something that I I didn't even expect myself. You know, I didn't expect I was. You know, I I didn't think I was gonna actually. You know, go out and coach or anything. I didn't even actually want to do it. You know, I just wanted to come back and jump on the tools. But then, you know, uh, when I when I got the phone calls and text messages to come and do a few gigs here and there, I, you know, I couldn't say no. You know, had to had to take the opportunities and, and share a bit of knowledge with whoever you know whoever wants to learn. So, wow, man, that's all. That's yeah. awesome, bro. So, can we're gonna finish on this? So we're gonna, can I think what man Rushmore? So you got five five plays you can think of. We've got our Jeff or architect. So just off the top of your head straight away, five players you would put on your man Rushmore. Um, simply reason because, you know, yeah, five plays you think, your, your top five plays, sorry. Uh, do they have to be, is it anyone or? Anyone, anyone, anyone. bro. Okay, so my first one would be uh, Willio of Hangawe. Oh, yes. He's yep. the uh, Tongan legend who played for the Wallabies. Yep. Shout out to Big Willio. Yep. Uh, second would be George Smith. George Smith, the dreadlocks. The dreadlocks king. He's one of the best players I've ever yep. seen of the, of the era. Never know. forget the late Jerry Collins always pulling it in the rocks and moors. <laughs> so shout out to George Smith. Uh, yeah. Three would definitely be Celeste Marfil. Celeste Marfil, former Brumbies prop the, and Wallabies prop as well. 
big shout out to the Bopper. You know, he saw a lot of me and my career go through. You know, nice, he nice. paved the way for our family, and nice. and I was sort of wanted to be, you know, following his footsteps and nice showed the way for us. Uh, number four. Yep, four. Leon and Nakarawa. Oh, bro. Shout out to my Vasu. Bro, uh, some of the, man, the talent that kid that man possesses, bro. It's like looking at LeBron James. Oh, I know, I know, Semi Kunatani is they call him the LeBron James, but yeah. I look at Leon Nakarawa. He's like, he's like something else. Uh, LeBron oh, James or any other basketball player, Magic Johnson. You know, was some of you know just the hand skills, bro. Uh, Leon, Leon is not. I didn't put him on there not just for his rugby, but just for a person as a person as yeah. well. You know, he's such True. a such a good man. You know, good yeah. guy to be around and. And what he's done for our country as well. Nice, so. yeah, bro. And then uh, number five would definitely be one of my best mates, Veronique Gonova. Bro, he's I think uh, he's, uh, he overlapped the top try score or... Uh, no, he matched it. Oh, matched, matched it. it. Yeah. All right, cool. It, yeah. So, yeah, Veronique, uh, I think he's still playing. Is he still he's pl- still playing in France. We, <sighs> me and Nicky are the same age. Wow. We became uh, very, very close. Nice. Very, very close. Our wives are best mates now, yep. you know. He took me back to his village in Fiji and well, showed me his humble beginnings and yeah. everything like that. Oh, wow, such a such a nice guy. For that's him. an awesome, that's an awesome man, Rushmore, bro. <laughs> so shout out to all those that made it, and to those that didn't make it, you know where Camp Early is. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, as much as I'm talk some more, but I believe our time is just about to finish on our anchor app. So to Campo, thank you so much. So oh, it's an uh, honor so and privilege. Much, and also thank you for your services to the Fiji Rugby Union. 58 test yeah, caps and, you. you know, many stories to tell over, you know, over the years. Your children, grandchildren, and hopefully to Sabe as well. Give him a few pointers. <laughs> so in saying that, ladies and gentlemen, this is my colleague Cruz I'm just signing out as your host of Everyday Pigeons, telling the everyday story in the everyday world. So till then, till next time, take it easy. Nisa mode, minaka. Naka.